Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Trucking 101, surviving your first year with host Melissa Grimm. We'll talk about safety, managing your money, and real life out on the road. Our group has over 100 years of combined real-world driving experience. You've got questions, we've got answers. Now it's time for everyone's favorite DOT officer. 23 years in law enforcement, 7 years as a commercial transport officer. He was a CBSA instructor and has conducted thousands of roadside inspections. He now serves in the driver's side of our industry, Mr. Dale Howard. I'm just doing my job. Yeah, I'm the highway Is uh is Dale on? Hmm. Oh. Ah, there we are. Okay. Oh, there we go. Hey, good evening, and go thanks ahead. everybody for tuning in. I thought I'd uh, talk a little bit tonight about the aftermath of the ELD mandate and the end of the world that happened on Monday at midnight. The not a lot uh, not a lot happened in my world. It was kind of business as usual. I've been on uh, e-logs for about seven months now, and nothing uh, nothing really changed in my world. So I don't think uh, I don't think the earth fell off its axis or the sky didn't fall. And uh, I noticed the sun did come up on Monday. So yeah, kind of business as usual for everybody. But push one if you want to jump into the conversation and. Uh, Give us your thoughts on that. And uh, I thought we'd also talk a little bit tonight on uh, if you're pissed off with your carrier and uh, you're going to quit and go somewhere else. I know Melissa talked uh, in the past about the grass may or may not be always greener on the other side. And one of the biggest problems with our industry is it's just way too easy to get a job. Uh, I can be mad at my carrier, quit today, and be in somebody's orientation by noon tomorrow. So I'm not sure we've got a driver shortage problem as much as we've got a driver retention problem. So before we get mad and just throw up our hands and quit and get pissed off with, with the carrier we're at, just take some time and cool down, and think about what your perfect job would be. And on a, get out a piece of Foolscap and a pen and paper or do it on your laptop or your iPad or whatever and list what your perfect job is and what you want to do and what you don't want to do. And then on the other half of the page, list the things that are absolute 
I'm not going to do anything but, and kind of the nice to nice to have things. And when I was uh, job shopping, I was with uh, a major Canadian carrier for gosh, 13 years, both part time and full time. And uh, it took me about a year, year and three months to uh, change jobs because I uh, I put a lot of thought and a lot of effort into it and uh, and made a good call. It uh, I listed out I wanted to pull a reefer. I, I love refrigerated work. And uh, another one of the things that was fairly important to me was I got uh, a dedicated trailer. So, uh, you know, that's uh, that's what you need to uh, identify as what's what's important to you and and what what carriers and what kind of work I want to do. When you get that decision made, then make a list of carriers that you may or may not want to work for. So in the refrigerated business, I had a list of 13 trucking companies that I would consider working for. Then I went through the list and uh, started interviewing drivers. And, uh, you know, that sometimes, uh, you know, after talking to two or three drivers, and, and you want to talk to more than one, um, you know, that may or may not knock a particular carrier out of the list. And then uh, once I narrowed that down to uh, five companies that, that I wanted to lease my truck to, I went in and actually interviewed those companies. And I'm here to tell you, it just absolutely freaks them out when you show up for the job interview they interview you, and then they get to the part where, any questions? Yes, as a matter of fact, I do. And then you open up your folder and start asking questions. And I actually did a list of questions that I wanted to ask just to make sure that I covered all the basics. And then I wrote down their answers. And then once I'd uh, conducted my, uh, my five interviews, then I could go back and go through my notes, and uh, it narrowed it down to two carriers. And then I went back and uh, re-interviewed the one that I was more uh, leaning towards, and that was uh, Chuck Snow with Traffics. Uh, for anybody that listens to uh, Rico's podcast, Chuck is uh, quite often on uh, on Rico's program, and it uh, it just floored Chuck that I actually took the time to interview him. And it really actually kind of set him off guard because he's, he's just never had a driver do that. But, uh, you know, patience paid off, and uh, that was one of the best jobs I've ever had. So start to finish, it's quite an involved process, and... Uh, then you wind up making a good decision and you're happy where you want to be doing what you want to do. Just getting mad and uh, and quitting and going somewhere else, it kind of jumps into the fire 
from the fire into the frying pan. So uh, try and avoid those. You want to jump into the conversation, push one, and uh, we'll get you screened and, and get you in on the discussion. And uh, Anything you want to throw in there, uh, Melissa, on that point? Uh, well, you know, I mean, I kind of do the same thing, man. I, um, you know, I believe in, you know, if you're going to change uh, jobs, sit down and, uh, maybe, you know, like you said, interview interview the drivers. Um, uh, you know, buy them lunch. Uh, I've got, you know, by doing that, I've gotten several different opinions. Now, I haven't done, a lot of, you know, a lot of job swapping or anything like that, but... Uh, but you know, I have, and I, I've sat down and I've talked to drivers and and what have you, and uh, I mean, uh, well, that and I guess I could throw my seven P's in right here. Uh, it, but it's basically what you said, you know, it's proper prior planning prevents piss poor performance. Uh, Absolutely. You know, um, if you sit down and and uh, you know, I have a serious conversation with the carrier too. Um, I want to see. You know uh, their top ten drivers. Um, you know what they're making, what they're actually making. I don't don't tell me. Yeah, our drivers average fifty thousand a year. You know you can block out their names and stuff like that. And you know and you know show me what these guys are making. Show me they're making the models. Uh, you know, basically back up what you're saying. And um, uh, the carrier that I'm looking at uh, going to now um, is willing to do that. You know, he, uh, he said, uh, I'll send you uh, what these guys, are, uh, you know, are doing uh, on step deck and stuff like that. He said, I'll send you the copy of, uh, you know, however much you want of it. So, you know, I want to know for sure that, yeah, that's, you know, the company's not lying to me. That uh, recruiter's not lying to. Well, uh, you know, and that and that brings up a great point, Russ, because it's, you know, the recruiters are always putting together their best foot, and you know they're always, you know, their whole job is to bring drivers in and to tell you what you want to hear, and if you don't go in there with a list of questions to ask, and you don't ask the right questions, then. You know, you wind up making a job change, and it turns into something that, you know, really wasn't what you uh, what you were hoping for. And you know, a company driver, it's it's one thing because you can get pissed off and you can leave that carrier and go somewhere else. But you know, as an owner operator, when you change jobs, it costs you about five to six thousand dollars. By the time you give your notice and leave the carrier you're at, you know, by the time you get license plates and, uh, you know, get decals on and get decals taken off and get through orientation and, uh, you know, get into the swing of things and back into where you're comfortable with the new carrier, it's it's cost you about $5,000, $6,000 in revenue you know, just until you get comfortable in their system and, and making the, you know, making the money that you should be. So, yeah, you know, you really, really have to 
know what you're getting into because if it's you know if you just make a knee-jerk reaction now you're leased to another carrier that may or may not be better than the one you just left you're you know it's money out of your pocket and uh, if you find out that you're not in uh, in a better place you know you might have to suck it up and, and sit there for a while until you get enough money ahead to make the move again so yeah we uh, we don't want to be making if, too many jobs. If you can get enough money, you know, because uh, you know I've seen uh, uh, I'm gonna throw a, uh, a guy I know under the bus, and I'm not gonna say his name, but in 12 years he's had 13 uh, he had had 13 trucking jobs. In 12 years he had 13 trucking jobs. <clears throat> uh, wow. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I mean, if you got a, a good record and uh, a pulse and you're breathing, uh, it's basically that easy to get hired if you're a company driver. Uh, you know, it's just like when we talked with, you know what, the grass is not always greener. I, you know, I've been here for a long time. Me and Becky have both been leased on here for a long time. And uh, it's getting to where they don't like my truck, which is fine. And I'm, you know what, I'm kind of wanting the change. So, uh, you know, I'm going to uh, move, move on and do uh, step deck. Now, Becky may end up staying right here where she's at. You know what? She's got a comfy little niche, and I mean, I love it here. Um, you know, absolutely love it. But, um, you know, I, I'm ready to uh, step out of my comfort zone and, and try something else. So um, that, I don't want to buy a brand new truck. <laughs> uh, um, but, you know, uh, it's... I mean, it's ridiculous to just jump from carrier to carrier to carrier because something made you mad that day. You know, something didn't go right. Um, you know, something doesn't go right for, uh, you know, for all of us a lot. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. it um, uh, you know, and I've never been one to just, you know, get mad and jump carriers. I, you know, I'll get mad and then, uh, I'm going to pick up the phone and start calling people, and I may drive somewhere and have a sit-down with them, you know. Um, you know, here, uh, you know, here we're at, they have, a, you know, have an open-door policy. You know, you have to do go, you have to go up the chain of command, but they have an open-door policy all the way to the top. And, uh, and several, uh, you know, several processes in between uh, that you can do, uh, you know, to, to uh, make life happy. Um give you a little story. Becky and I were uh, uh, teaming. And our dispatcher at the time, there was absolutely nothing wrong with the man. He got us miles and what have you. My only problem uh, with him is he had zero sense of humor. Now, people that have been listening to this show long enough ought to know I got a killer sense of humor. And you better have a sense of humor to deal with me. And but Becky and I did, I mean, it's not that we didn't like the guy, but I didn't like to talk to him. I, you know, I couldn't stand talking to him. Uh, he was a good guy. He did his job, but so we went in and said, hey, look, we're requesting to sit down. We want to move to this other guy. So we had, I mean, you know, now we got bosses sitting in there with us and said, look, he's done nothing wrong. This is our problem. And they, they approved it. We moved to the other guy. You know, problem solved. Yeah, and that's, and, that's, and that's how you deal with it. You know, you go in and you identify the problem and, you know, you don't 
you don't start pointing fingers and blaming and because it's you know it, nothing gets solved in in those situations and people get their backs up and and at the end of the day it just costs you more money so yeah that's the correct way to win and you know you stay you stay where you're at and you know what sometimes it turns into a personality clash where you just can't deal with who you've been uh, you know saddled with and uh, you know your choice is to quit which isn't always a good choice or you know go in and and see if you can work through the problem and uh, you know maybe move to a different fleet within the same carrier and problem solved Yep. Uh, Dale, we actually have a caller on the line. Um, Becky, if you want to go ahead and bring a call on them. Hello? Hey, Colin, thanks Hi, Colin, for uh, tuning here. in. What can we help you out? Well, I just had a couple comments. I own a small trucking company and a freight brokerage. So I've got company drivers and I've got guys leased on. And one of you mentioned the fact that you know, you give up your company plates for one company, you get new plates from another company. I always, the first thing I do if I'm bringing on an owner-operator is I encourage him to go down and get his own plate. Um, the reason being, first of all, I don't want to spend the money on them and then get stuck with a second pl- uh, a set of plates. But, you know, if you do happen to change between say two carriers in a year that first carrier a lot of the time is going to deduct the cost of those plates in the first three or four months and then if you switch to another carrier so you might end up playing for two sets of plates in one year and i don't understand why you wouldn't go buy your own plates that was one comment that i had well and you know sadly it's a lot of guys get into the position where, you know, they just don't have the money to go get their own place. And right. they'll make that they'll make that knee jerk reaction and, you know, start jumping ship when, you know, really calmer heads need to prevail and you need to get yourself in a better position, you know, to be making any changes. Right. Right. But I mean the way that I the way that I look at that, like at the moment I'm opening a couple of new companies next year because I'm tired of seeing these poor guys that are leasing on the companies where maybe they're getting a buck or a buck and a quarter a mile plus fuel surcharge, whereas my trucks right now we're averaging two, three, four dollars a mile here in the last couple of weeks just pulling a dry van or whatever just because of the rates and the ELD and everything that's going on. So what I'm actually looking at doing is setting up a company to help people get their own authority and then um, either power only them or lease them trailers with freight from my brokerage company and then spot freight to get back or whatever. But trying to be as, open as possible like my company drivers and my owner operators we get a rate confirmation 
And I email the whole thing to them. I've got no secrets. I want the company drivers to see what they could be making if they were an owner-operator, you know. And to me, that's important. Well, absolutely. And it's it, it builds, you know, that's the way you run a business because it builds trust. It, it establishes credibility. And it encourages, you know, for... You know, there's some guys that just love being company drivers and and just have no intentions of of ever owning their own their own truck. And you know what? Hats off if that's what you're what you're doing. Knock your socks off. But it's nice to see that you know you encourage people and, and show them what they can do because a revolving door, you know, as you as an owner, you know, it certainly doesn't do you any good to have guys get nope. and trucks. <laughs> you know, truck sitting and, and disgruntled employees because, yeah, uh, they don't do your customers any, any service and any favors, and, and they don't do you any favors as the owner. Right. So, yeah, no, that's that's a great way to run a business because, yeah, you're, uh, you're in just as much trouble, you know, having an empty truck sitting up against the fence as, as the driver that slammed the door and left in a huff. So exactly. It's a lot easier if we can... Sort sort out whatever differences we have, and you know I've worked at places where, you know, uh, me and my fleet coordinator were never ever going to be drinking buddies, but you know we got along, and you know, it uh, I I could stand him enough to be, uh, you know, to work with him because you know I made good money with him, but yeah we were we were never ever going to be drinking buddies. Right. Yeah. No. It- I mean, it's very interesting the last, well, basically the last week, you know, we plugged the ELDs in over the weekend and Monday, and it's making a lot of changes. And I talked to a lot of brokers here in the last week, and we're seeing it with our own carriers and stuff that we run. And there's going to be a lot of changes. There's going to be a lot more money. And what I found, though, is when I give the the drivers the rate confirmation so they can see how much money the truck is really bringing in, it makes them stop and think, my goodness, you know, here I am, I'm getting 40, 45 cents a mile or whatever, and the truck's bringing in all this money, and they suddenly stop and think, I've got one guy right now, he's hitting up his parents for a down payment to help with the truck, you know, so that he can actually become an owner-operator. And, um, you know, I try and help them understand. We use Kevin Rutherford's um, fuel gauges and profit gauges, and I tell them, look, you want to figure out how much money you could be making with this truck? Spend $20 a month. You know what the load pays. I'll tell you what the insurance costs. And you can put in your own fuel and everything, and you can pretend to be an owner-operator, for $20 a month, and you can see how much money that truck's making. You know, I got you know, and that's, and that's the best way to do it, and there's no surprises, because, I mean, look at, uh, well, I mean, we've all seen the horror stories with the Never Never programs and the lease purchases and, you know, guys that should never be owner-operators that get sucked in. And Yep. Yeah. It just never, ever ends out well for all involved and right. you know exactly. you as a you as a carrier i mean it 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 doesn't does you no good to uh 
have guys quitting and coming and going because it it takes it takes a couple of months before you're uh, you know before a brand new driver or brand new owner operator you know fully understands your system and and you get that working relationship established where right. uh, you know you get into a click and and everybody's making money and so yeah it's uh, the revolving door just does nobody any good. Yeah, I just, you know, that's one thing. I mean, when they send over their their driver application and their 10-year history, I mean, if they've had a history of revolving doors, then I'm done. I don't want to mess with them, you know, because what is it? You know, and then the other thing that I've found sure. is um, through my brokerage company, you know, we have a lot of uh, what my brokers call, you know, I don't know what they call them, but like dedicated carriers almost. And some of those guys are leased on the bigger companies or whatever. And they ask, and I'm like, well, you know, just think if you were, if you had your own authority right now, you'd be making 20% more on this load. And, uh, you know, if you're only averaging, say, $15,000 a month growth, uh, but if you had your own authority, 20% of 15 is three. Now that's uh, now $18,000, and I can quite easily teach you and give you the tools. Uh, it's going to cost you a couple hundred dollars and a couple hours of your time every month to put $3,000 more in your pocket, you know. And we'll just catch you as well when we don't have freight for you, you know. Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, great opportunities. Because these guys, I mean, I just, I just believe in paying stuff forward. I just want guys to have the opportunity to make money, and I'm willing to give them the guidance. And you know, I've had a CDL equivalent since 1986, and I just think that it's really hard to find new young drivers or guys that have got, you know, five years experience and I want to build the business. I want to support the trucking. I want the guys to have a good life for them and their families, you know, and the more we can teach them, hopefully they'll teach somebody else, you know? So. Oh, exactly. And it's, uh, yeah. And there's, uh, you know, there used to be a time where we did take the time to mentor the up and comings, but yeah, sadly, everybody just seems to be, you know, into the moment and what have you done for me lately? And, and yep. another thing I'd like to uh, um, encourage hey, uh, people Dale, when you. Um, yes. Sorry, I'll go ahead and finish your thought, but we got another caller, uh, Leo, waiting as soon as you um, get through with what you were going to say. Oh, okay. Well, and uh, thank you very much for uh, for uh, for joining us. And and yeah, I think you're uh, you're on the right track. You know, another thing when. When we've uh, when we've decided we're going to uh, change carriers, show up with a proper resume. Uh, you can go online. There's all kinds of free uh, services that uh, come up with a decent template, and uh, you know build your resume. Pull your own PSP report. Uh, you go on the FMCSA's website type in PSP, and every year you're allowed one free one. Uh, otherwise, it costs you 10 bucks. 
find out what your PSP report says, and uh, the same as uh, pull a DAC report to see what is uh, is on your name. Because if your uh, you know if your PSP report is 17 pages long, and your DAC report isn't very uh, very favorable, chances are you're not going to be looking for a good job. You're just going to be grateful for the job you have. You got to clean up your own mess and get your ducks back in a row, and then you're in a position to uh, to be looking for a job. So, um, we have uh, Leo, uh, Leo waiting on the line. Yeah, Leo. Hi, hey, Leo. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, Bill. How are you? Good, thank you. Uh, I just have, uh, if you allow me, I have just have three brief samples uh, of my last three companies that I work for. And the first one, when I went to work for one of the mega carriers, I went online and I Google uh, driver's review, and there's uh, more than one company that they 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 allow people to do reviews on company. One of the one of those yep. is. Glassdoor, and um, my single big uh, sample is uh, when you work with a mid-sized to small company, uh, you have more leverage, and uh, it, it's worth uh, taking the time to think about it because, and the mega carriage is just one voice in a, in thousands to thousands of voice of drivers, and um, I had a good sample that was uh, the prior company that I worked for. Three, uh, 600 trucks, 300 companies, 300 owners, and they treat me well. They pay me well. Uh, it requires more, more responsibility, uh, but uh, I did, I did great. And um, my last sample is, uh, I hear many, many samples about Lancer, and um, I know Kevin talked about this company, and, and I really enjoy it. Uh, you don't need, if you have calling staff. Uh, Manages your time and your money. Uh, probably it's not for you, but if you do manage your time well and your money, your maintenance, it's a great place to be. And I know Melissa used to work here. And Melissa, come back to the light. Thank you, guys. Hey, you're very welcome. And, and yeah, great points. And yeah, it's, uh, you know, driver reviews are, are a great resource. Um, Know, there's there's so much uh, information available to us. You know, really, we shouldn't be making a bad job with with the amount of information that's available to us. And uh, yeah, great point on Landstar. Great company for uh, for anybody that's you know, an owner operator. I mean, that's the next best or the best thing next to having your own authority for. Uh, you know, flexibility, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you have anything I, to jump I, into, I, Melissa? I didn't, I didn't. Yeah, I just want to say that I I didn't want to leave Landstar. I love Landstar. They're a great company. But he's right. You you need to have your ducks in a row if you're going to go there, or, or you're not going to make money. <clears throat> yeah, and what uh, you know from your experience over there, Melissa? What what tips? You know, if somebody's kind of sitting on the fence, and should I be over at Landstar or 
because I've got uh, I've got a friend that uh, I think is listening in tonight, and uh, you know he's kind of sitting on the fence to uh, whether or not to go to Lanster, and and it's more of the fear of the unknown. Yeah, um, really, it's just um, you're dealing with agents over there, and every single one of them is different. So just don't make any assumptions. Um, ask, come up with a list of questions, and actually, we could we could do a show on this. Um, coming up, uh, talking about how to talk to agents and and brokers. Just have a list of questions. Um, everything that they're going to pay for, because they're all different. And make sure you ask all your questions and get all your answers. And some of them are like, yeah, 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 absolutely. And some of them are like, oh, okay. You know, you never know. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, they make it pretty easy, um, you know. But they will not cover you if you did not get the uh, information from the agent. Now, if you if you get a loan from an agent and uh, it ends up being something that you didn't expect, you know, they're not gonna they're not gonna bail you out. So you have to make sure that I'll give you an example. A mistake that, that we made. We booked a load that um was a trailer dump. You know, one of the ones where they, they pick the trailers and just dump everything out. We didn't know and I failed to ask the question. So we got there and they wanted to dump our trailer and we had a bunch of logistics equipment in the back. It's like you can't dump our trailer, we'll lose all our stuff, you know, bars and blankets and all that stuff. And it ended up being okay. We ended up talking to a bunch of people, and they, they unloaded us with a forklift. But it could have been bad. And we talked to Landstar, and they were like, we're not going to cover you. You should have got that information from the agent. That's really it. You just have to make sure that you ask all your questions. But otherwise, it's, it's, it's awesome. Fuel discount's awesome. Tire discount's awesome. Um, <clears throat> they'll finance tires for you. They'll finance trucks for you. They'll finance trailers for you. They offer you a lot of help. You just have to – you're responsible for the load. They're not going to help you out if anything goes wrong with the load. Really? Okay. I I didn't realize that they uh, they had help uh, financing equipment too. Oh yeah. Mhm. Hmm. And you get great discounts. Well, that's too. good to know. Discounts on financing, yeah. Okay. Oh, one one of my favorite things. I don't know if your friends had has has looked into this yet, but they have a, a load board test drive, so you could go and look at the load board before you uh, signs on. That's pretty cool. Okay. Now, does uh, does Schneider offer um, the ability to get in there and and have a look at loads and, and what's available on their uh, open board system? Or? Uh, I know at the shows they have the load board up. Now I know I went and checked on the team board for some friends, and I got access to a. Uh, to a team board. You know what? I, I'm i not sure about that. Um, I don't know if Becky knows or not. It's, I guess if she does, she'll pop in here. But I, I'm not sure that they show the board up front. I'll tell you what I like about the board at Snyder, though. Uh, there's no arguing with agents. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I can pop the board open right now and look, and the load, you know, it gives me uh, what the load pays totally, uh, what uh, – the rate per mile is, um, and you know, it shows me the deadhead, and it shows, you know, and it shows me all the information on it. I mean, I don't have to argue with an agent. I, you know, I take it or leave it. it. You know, it's that simple. 
uh, you know, click it, and if I'm the first one to click on it, the load's mine. So, uh, you know, I do like that part of it. You know, all the everything has been pulled out. What you see is what you get paid for the load, and I mean, it'll, it'll break everything down for you for um, fuel surcharge and all that. But what you see is what you get. Um, you, you don't have to uh, negotiate with an agent. So, but yeah, I don't think you they give you an open shot to it. But now, uh, you know, I've had several people ask me um, in truck stops, "Hey, can I uh, can I see the load board?" Sure. You know, and as a matter of fact, one night I was sitting at the liar's counter and um, in the truck stop, and the guy said, hey, can I see the load board? And I opened it up, and the load board will uh, – it'll automatically open to where you're delivering. And anyway, uh, I had already um, – I had another load that I knew I was going to book. Well, anyway, the place that I was delivering, there was a load running within 10 miles of the next load that I was wanting to go get, paying four bucks a mile. So I said, uh, hang on just a second, man. He's like, what are you doing? I said, there's a load on here, paying four bucks a mile, I'm booking it, going right to where I want to go. So, and he's like, what, really, four bucks a mile? I was like, yeah, you know, so, but then I sit there and, you know, I opened up the uh, that area and I showed him. He's like, wow, he said, there's, you know, some good stuff on there. And there you know, there is, I mean. Of course, I kind of kept. I worked the Midwest and and hit a lot of the spot market stuff. So, uh, I was showing him the stuff that I'm usually seeing, and uh, so. But that's that's a great way if you want if you want to see a uh, the Snyder load board. You know, most contractors will open their phone or open their computer and show it to you. Well, and 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 that just goes down to again, you know, when you're when you're looking at making a change hunt somebody down that's working there. And another thing I wanted to do was, you know, there's no point talking to, uh, you know, eight or ten guys that just love it. I want to also talk to somebody that just absolutely hates the place or has problems. Because it's, it's nice to get a perspective of somebody that's, you know, figures this isn't the happiest place since Disneyland. And, uh, They've got some issues, and it's uh, it kind of helps balance things out. Oh, hey, I I, I completely agree. Um, it seems like on one of the shows we did, I actually even brought that up, you know. Um, and actually, I'm you know just talking to to uh, different drivers. I've run into some that love the place, and some that you know hate the place. You know, different questions I've asked about different companies. and uh, But, yeah, that's a great way to get perspective because a lot of times their issue may not be my issue at all. They may have a, you know, whatever's making them mad may not bother me at all. Absolutely. And that's, uh, yeah, it uh, it just kind of helps balance things out. And, and on your wish list, you know, make sure that uh, you uh, – one in there, you know, how important the home time is to you, uh, you know, lanes, all of that stuff, just so you don't wind up with uh, a surprise once you, uh, you know, once you're working there. So, Russ, you were just looking at um, freight rates. So, you want to talk about that since ELD mandate went into effect? Yeah, I was just looking at the – I don't know if I can get back to it. Uh, but, yeah, the freight rates, uh, especially in the Midwest, what, what, what did they just show, 263? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I didn't listen to Rico's show last night, but, um, yeah, and that was for Van. Uh, you know, the average uh, in the Midwest was uh, 263 right now. It had actually gone down just a little bit, which was surprising. But over in Ohio, it had gone up. Uh, so, but, yeah, I got a feeling with this ELD mandate that we're going to continue to, you know, at least see some rise out of it. Yeah, 232 for flatbed, 236 for reefer. That's nationwide, though. Oh, that was a nationwide. Yeah, look oh, at and You know, I look at the Midwest. Go ahead. Well, and and the ELD, you know, we're all everybody is just kind of losing their minds on on ELDs, and 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 really, it's uh, there's tremendous opportunities out there. Um, your seven P list is just spot on. You know, you got to plan, you got to prepare. It's just, yeah, it's not the end of the world, and. You know, I don't know how many Facebook groups I've been thrown out of for just pointing out the fact the hours of service regulation has not changed. If you're out of hours on an ELD, you're out of hours on a paper log. Nothing has changed other than we are now digitally recording our duty status. We're not doing it with a pen and paper. But the actual regulation itself has not changed. On that note, there's a comment period open now for 30 days for personal conveyance. I encourage everybody just to go on FMCSA's website and uh, you know Google the uh, or search the uh, the uh, comment period, and it'll bring up the uh, what you need to do to give your comments. And if you have an opinion on personal conveyance, now is the time. The FMCSA website is the place. Get in there. Make your comments known. Uh, you can read the comments and uh, that have already been made. And get your opinion out there. Because six months from now, when they make the change, don't be mad with what they've got if you didn't offer an opinion. So there's some argument that, you know, my opinion doesn't matter and what I say doesn't matter. Well, we'll just never know that if you don't say something. Make your comments and see what happens. And, yeah, they may listen to you, they may not, but at least you've tried. Hey, That's one the of biggest the things thing about the personal conveyance that I've noticed on these same ELB groups that you've been kicked out, I have miraculously not been kicked out because I've kind of treaded that line. I'm thinking about <laughs> just going out with bang now that all this stuff is done with, <laughs> you know, doing something real, making a really good comment to get myself kicked out. But they're always talking about, oh yeah, you know, if if the receiver or whoever kicks you kicks you off the property, just use personal conveyance to go to the truck stop. Well, here's the problem with that. Even if you're unladen and different companies have a different opinion of unladen at Schneider, you cannot have a trailer, which makes sense because if you don't own that trailer, you're basically under dispatch in a way because that's not your property. Um, But even if they don't have a rule against that, 
the 14-hour rule is still in effect when you use personal conveyance. In other words, you can't use personal conveyance if you're already past your 14. That rule still stands even if you're driving on personal conveyance. End of story. So most of these people, the argument that they're making, just use personal conveyance, wouldn't work anyway because you can't be out of your 14 and use personal conveyance. And I don't, I, I, I'm sure they'll do what? So if I'm out of hours at Atlanta, I can't run to uh, Mobile on personal conveyance? Not only can you not run to Mobile, you're not even supposed to run to the truck stop if you're over your 14. Uh, you can be over the 8, you can be over the 11, but you cannot be over that 14. Not the way it's written now. No, and that, you know, that should be in, in you know, in the comments to uh, to make some changes on here because, you know, let's face it, the FMCSA knows there's problems, and they've already figured this out. But we argued the wrong points. We argued against the ELD when, in fact, we should have been arguing against hours of service. So in order to make changes, you have to make positive comments and reasonable solutions. And, yeah, it's, uh, you know, if you get kicked out of, and, and this is a great example, Becky, if you get kicked out of a shipper's or receiver's facility and you have to go to a truck stop, you know, I would be tempted to use personal conveyance, but make notes in there that Frank, the security guard at GNS Supply, has removed me from the property. I'm out of hours, and I'm going to the nearest safe haven to park, which was five miles down the road, and I've used, you know, 10 minutes of, of time and and this needs to be entered before you leave and and that's going to kind of cover your butt and may or may not get you out of a problem but at least you've done your due diligence and don't use it to go from you know I unloaded in Long Beach and now I'm going to uh, Barstow so Barstow is my nearest safe haven well that ain't going to fly well, yeah. Uh, what do you think about? Uh, what, I, hey, I what was you also going to say. Go ahead. All right, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, what I was also <laughs> going to say is there's there's two different things to, at play here. One is a log violation, which I went over my 11, I went over my 8, I went over my 14. Versus log falsification. <laughs> yes. Now, in my eyes, I would much rather get a log violation. In other words, I got to the truck stop five minutes after my clock ended. That's actually a log violation. But now trying to cover up my crime and do a log falsification is a totally different ball game, and in my eyes, much worse than the original crime. Kind of like they say, the cover-up is worse than the original crime. That's kind of my and thoughts, um, and I want to get your opinion on absolutely. that, Dale. In my eyes. Okay, absolutely. so I just you, wanted to put that you, up there. You are, yeah, you're bang on, and that's why I say it's important 
prior to the violation, you get in there and you put in the explanation because every app has and every every uh, um, e-log out there has the the spot in there for notes. Put in your app, put in your uh, explanation prior to the violation, and then it's uh, you know you're just covering your butt. Yes. Yeah, but a, a log uh, violation I, I, is not even as a log falsification. Oh well, because now you're telling lies and you've just lost all your credibility when you're falsifying records. Hey, since we're lying here, exactly. Uh, uh, Becky, you, you got something that's kind of wound you up, and you have uh, with the jailbreak, jailbroke uh, ELDs. Oh, 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 yes, 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 yes. So on on these uh, aforementioned pages where, you know, heart attacks and strokes are happening and oh, um, yeah. of the, the dogs are marrying cats. I, yes, puppies, you know, have just been, you know, struck by the sun. Um, I have noticed a couple people jailbroke ELDs, people net being one of them. Uh, allegedly, you can spend a grand and buy a jailbroke PeopleNet ELD, which means that that ELD can be edited even for drive time. Anything is uh, able to be edited. Now, they're saying that no one can tell that that thing's been edited. I'm kind of thinking, yeah, that's probably not true. So I didn't know if you had heard anything about that or knew anything about that, but even if that is the case, Number one, it won't take long for somebody to throw that guy that's doing it under the bus. Um, and if you do get caught with one, and the fact that you spend a thousand dollars to buy a purposely jailbroke ELD, that shows intent right there. And I hope you look good in stripes. But I don't know what well, your opinion and, is. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, that's if if you just spend as much time and effort trying to comply as you are trying to, uh, you know, to beat the system, your life's going to be a lot easier. I'm not sure I buy into the, into the, uh, you know, the jailbroke uh, uh, whole philosophy because, you know, PeopleNet and Qualcomm, I'm not sure that you can go in there and doctor their software to make things work, so I'd be leery of sending them a thousand bucks to supposedly buy a unit that I can edit, because you still have to uh, sign up to their system, and yeah, I well, I don't buy into that. It's the same guy in Effingham uh, that does the you know the fly by the seat of your pants in the truck stop parking lot ECM tunes, so. Yeah, buyer yeah. buyer beware, and you know it's uh, yeah, you know another point to bring up. Um, retired law enforcement here, and uh, you know if uh, if you're counting, number eleven is thou shalt not lie to the police, and we've just added number twelve. Uh, don't be saying stupid stuff on social media. Uh, we talked about this last week on Rico's show. There was a uh, driver 
that FMCSA has placed out of service as an imminent hazard and a carrier that they've placed out of service as an imminent hazard for posting stupid shit on Facebook. And this clown has posted pictures of, uh, you know, his truck with a, uh, uh, you know, a hose clamp around the throttle, and this was poor man's cruise control. Well, what are you doing? When you post something on social media, that does not go away. Uh, the ELD or me group, does anybody remember the poster child of, of that group? It's a lady standing in front of a freight liner that they've spray painted no ELDs, and she's got both hands up flipping the bird. Well, that picture, she's famous. Is that what really you want to be remembered for? And your two minutes of fame? To have that posted all over social media? And that picture will never go away. So she's looking for a job. I'm not sure you're going to work for a real stellar carrier with that kind of a track record. And again, with social media, if you're out there posting stupid shit, and you're on your own authority, I'm not sure those random roadside inspections you're getting are that random. Because if you think for a second, uh, you know, that law enforcement isn't following some of these groups, I mean, God, if I was still on the job, I'd be a member of every anti-ELD group on Facebook, just sitting back taking notes and biding my time until one of these guys went by. So, be very careful what you post on social media, and please don't be saying stupid shit. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, some of the uh, some of the stuff on social media has, especially on the ELD, uh, it doesn't take a genius to read through these pages and see that their only argument is, well. I can't do this anymore because I'm not on paper logs. Well, yeah, like I can't lie the and commit fraud. With, yeah, the, the hours of service are the exact same thing. They haven't changed. Yeah. They're the same. Yeah, and exactly. So, the regulation is still intact. If you're out hours on an ELD, you're out hours on paper. Crazy. Crazy, oh. crazy, crazy. Yeah, and that just that just makes me crazy. Those arguments, because all that does is make us look foolish. And you know, whoever coined the phrase "dumb truck driver," I'm sure had a Facebook account and looked at some of these postings. Because you have to ask yourself, God, did your brain see what you just typed? Well, and the other thing that I, I really like is when you go on here and you argue the point that, look, you just have to plan your day, and none of the hours of service have changed. It, it, the hours of service have been the same for years. Here's the deal. Um, and then they come back with, well, you're just a steering wheel holder. You don't do live unloads. Yes, we all do. Uh, you don't do this. You don't do that. And I'm thinking, Really? We're able to make money following the hours of service as written. 
and you're not. So who's really the stupid one here? You're telling me. Absolutely. And and I love it. Well, you don't know because you don't haul produce. Well, actually, I do. And I'm doing multiple pickups, and sometimes I do multiple drops. And, you know, whatever I don't get accomplished today, I get accomplished tomorrow. And if you communicate with your customer, communicate with your carrier, it's amazing the problems you can solve. But, yeah, I look at some of these Facebook warriors and go, wow, I got nothing. Well, I'm 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 kind of I, I was kind of shocked that there were trucks out on the road this week, you know, because everybody was supposed to be shut down, and <laughs> and the world was supposed to come to an end. So I was kind of surprised well, that um there that there's still trucks out there. Well, and I remember that too because I'm old enough to remember when the CDL was first introduced and the amount of guys that were going to leave the industry and quit and stamp their feet. And you know what? It's, yeah, it's a good story on Facebook, but sadly there was lots of trucks on the road, like you say, this week. And I was kind of shocked too that there were going to be trucks and truck stops because I too was hoping everybody was going to be parked. But yeah. Exactly. And that's the other thing I don't quite understand that um you know, company drivers are different, but all of the people that lease to a carrier and, and have their own authority, um, you're an independent business. I I, I don't wanna go on strike with you. I don't wanna do any of that mess with you. As a matter of fact, if you want to stay home and not haul freight, I am absolutely okay with that. In fact, that's, I'm very happy about that. So stay home. Well, and that's, don't deliver. And you know, that's, that's what usually gets me kicked out of the group. Because I, I encourage people, absolutely, take protest as much as you'd like, and please encourage as many people as you can to protest and park their trucks. Because rates are through the roof, and for those of us that have our shit together – we're making a killing out here. So thanks for tightening up capacity because capacity gets tightened up, rates go up, life is good. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> well, uh, we're just about out of time. So, uh, Dale, if you want to go ahead and uh, close out the show. Sure. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And, uh Christmas is just about here, so I'd like to take this time to, on behalf of everybody, to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and encourage everybody to uh, tune into the rest of the podcasts. And Melissa, thank you very much, and Russ and, and Becky for what you're doing for us and allowing me this platform. And I uh, wish everybody the very best over the season and and all the best next year. The weather's kind of gone for uh, gone for a dump here in. Uh, the northern states so everybody please be careful be safe be compliant and i look forward to uh next year thanks for tuning in